The gracious God, how we thank you for blessing us to be here this day. We pray, Lord, that you would speak for your servants are listening. And then we ask that you would give us courage to confront, that you would give us clarity in conversation, and that you would give us confidence in the content and help us to connect with your congregation so that being under the authority of your word, that we would receive instructions for life and live more abundantly. We say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening, and we want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2010, Bruno Mars released a song from his debut studio album, Doo-Wop and Hooligans, entitled Count On Me. The lyrics says, if you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sell the world to find you. If you find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. <clears throat> find out what we're made of when we call to help our friends in need. You can count on me like one, two, three. I'll be there. And when I need you, I can count on you like four, three, two. This song uh, conveys the idea of true friendship. But y'all, if we're honest with ourselves, our friends have good intentions, but sometimes friends are unable to come to our rescue. The Bible says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You can count on him. In fact, John P. Key said he will come through every time. Last week, we discovered that Jesus made his disciples get into a boat through traveling through the Sea of Galilee to Caponia. Uh, the Sea of Galilee was more than 690 feet deep below sea level. And to the north of it, Mount Hebron rose up to 9,200 feet. Uh, strong winds often swept through the narrow surrounding ravines into the valley, causing extremely sudden and violent storms. Since it was nighttime, the disciples would generally row along the shore of Caponia. Uh, the storms that descended without warning on the Lake of Galilee were symbolic of the storms of life that overtake us in our journey across this time of uncertain seas. Uh, these storms come up on us often before we are aware. Uh, they do great damage, leaving ruins, wreckage behind, broken homes and hearts, disease and despair, death and loss. Uh, the winds, y'all, and the waves had pushed the disciples' boat into the middle of the sea. The disciples were no longer on a shoreline cruise. They were way off course. Your life has a way of sometimes pushing you off course. John said the sea had gotten rough and started rising up because of a violent wind blowing against them. They had rolled 
three to four miles into the middle of the lake. <clears throat> and y'all, they were in deep trouble. Now, this is not the first time they were in a storm. Uh, Mark 4.35, the disciples were in another storm. But the difference was that Jesus was in the boat. Here the disciples were in the middle of the sea, in a deadly storm, struggling for survival, fighting for their life, and Jesus was nowhere to be found. If Christ was present, he had the power to calm the sea, calm the storm, still the waves, and silence the wind. Where is God when you need him? Have you ever asked that question? When the storms of life has tossed you upside down and all around? When the company has laid you off? Where is God? The doctor has given you an unfavorable report. When your relationship is jacked up, when you have lost a loved one unexpectedly to COVID, when the month has outlasted your money and the eviction notice has been delivered, do you ask yourself, where is God? Is he aware of what I am going through? Does he really care? Well, <clears throat> if you're feeling this way, I got some exciting news for you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, and you'll find these words. And Jesus was already considerable distance from the land, buffered by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. Walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were afraid and terrified. It's a ghost, they cried, in fear. But Jesus <laughs> immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, command me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the winds, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and said, you Ye of little faith, why did you doubt? I want to borrow from Bruno Mars and put a tag on this text and say, titled it, Count on Me. When you combine Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6 accounts of Jesus walking on the water, you would discover at least four reasons why we can count on God. The text is tailored to teach us that God sees us. That's point one. God shows up for us. Point two, God speaks to us and then God saves us. God sees us. Mark 647 says late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on the land praying. The disciples had been ruined for at least eight to nine hours, y'all. Uh, they left during the first watch of the night, somewhere between 6 and 9 p.m. Uh, 
they had four watches of the night they were broken down. So the first watch was 6 to 9 p.m. The second was from 9 to 12. The third was from 12 to 3. And then the fourth was from 3 to 6. Now it was around the fourth watch of the night, and they were still rowing. But the story provides some good news in verse 48. Uh, this is the reason, number one, why you can count on God. Because the verse says that God sees or Jesus saw them. The word in the Greek, idol, it means not just to see, but to be aware of the situation and know your location. Jesus was aware of the situation. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, cognizant that they were struggling for survival. Christ saw them through his omniscience eye, his all-knowing and all-seeing eye. Y'all, he always sees his own. The darkness nor the distance did not conceal them from him. The story teaches us that God can see us when we cannot see him. Jesus saw the men struggling against a ferocious storm. Uh, in Genesis chapter 16, Hagar was being mistreated by Sarah, Abraham's wife, while she was pregnant with Abraham's child, Ishmael. Uh, she ran about away, uh, but the angel of the Lord found her near a spring in the desert. Uh, the angel gave her instructions on how to deal with Sarah. And then Hagar said that Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Back to the story, back to the story, back to the story. Uh, I hear you talking. You're probably wondering, like me, why did Jesus wait so long before rushing to the disciples' rescue? Dr. Ivor Paul says, probably for the same reason God delays his coming to help us. It often takes a long time, did I say a long, a long time to exhaust our resources and to trust in Christ completely. As long as we set a sail or pull on the oars of our self-sufficiency, we almost forget to pray. But when our boat appears to be sinking, when all hope is gone, then we look to God. We sometimes forget he sees us when we cannot see him. When he is invisible to us, remember, y'all, he will always be visible, and he will always see us. Y'all not feeling me like I need you to. Uh, that was this little boy who was in Walmart, supermarket, super center. Uh, somehow, he had gotten lost. Uh, he became troubled and panicked, thinking that his father had left him alone. The father went to the security office to see if he could spot his son on the video camera. Pretty soon, the father spotted his son in the electronic section of the store. Uh, he was crying, worried about his daddy, thought that he had left him. And so the father, y'all, got on the intercom and called his son by name. The boy started looking for his daddy and said, I can't see you. The father said, don't worry, you cannot see me, but I can see you. 
That's a word for somebody. Uh, I can see you. And so what he is saying, he said, stay right there. I'll come to you. Don't worry about that. And so God says to you and I, you may not see me, but I can see you. The text is tailored to teach you that God sees us. He is aware of your situation and he knows your location. No matter how bad the situation is, how dark it is, God still sees you. He sees you. But not only does God see you, you can count on God because he not only sees you, but he'll show up. Uh, Matthew 14, 25 gives us another reason. Uh, around the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them. Walking on the lake, you can count on God because not only does he see you, because God also will show up. Remember, it's the darkest hour of the night. They are three or four miles away from land. Yet Jesus locates them without a GPS system. He knew exactly where they were. He also knew exactly when to arrive. Just like he knows where you are and where I am and when to come to us. Mama said that God may not come when you want him to come, but when he come, he's always on time. John P. Key said he will show up. Uh, the question is, uh, why did Jesus walk on the water? Uh, some suggest to show his disciples that the very thing they were feared they feared was the only a staircase for him to come to them. Often, y'all, we fear the difficult experience of life, such as this pandemic that we're going through, or a dreadful disease, only to discover that these experiences bring Jesus Christ closer to us. Allow me to go old school, borrowing the lyrics from Marvin Gaye. Uh, God is saying this. Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. I know it's not good English, but can't nothing keep God from getting to you. That's good news for somebody because you're needing him. And so oftentimes when he comes to us, he comes in unexpected ways. Mark's gospel states that Jesus came walking on the water. He wanted to walk beside them uh, to let them know that God not only sees us, but he shows up to walk with us in our situation. Sometimes God does not take us out of the situation, but stays with us through the situation. Isaiah 43 says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. He will show up, y'all. Ah, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of opposition, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He will keep you until he delivers you. 
Uh, the boat was battered by the waves and blown by the wind, yet it did not capsize. Someone ought to put in the chat box, God will show up. Jesus showed up in an unexpected way, and it terrified the disciples when they saw him. They were terrified. They screamed uncontrollably. They panicked. They thought he was a ghost. Uh, the Greek word here is phantasma, uh, and historians suggest that the popular belief of that day was that spirits of the night brought disaster. Y'all, what they thought was bringing disaster was bringing deliverance. Since they were screaming uncontrollably, Jesus spoke to them. This is the third reason you can count on God. When you are afraid, terrified, God speaks to us. Mark 6.50 and John 6.20 state, they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, <clears throat> take courage. It is I. Don't be scared. Be brave. Get a grip. Man up. Uh, this expression has been used by Jesus to take courage. And each time there is good news on the other side of it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Uh, four men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, your sins are forgiven. Then he gave a bonus. He said, take up your bed and walk. Y'all, the man stood up, picked up his bed and went home. He was packing what he had been lying on. My, Matthew chapter 9, uh, further down in the chapter, there's a woman who has an issue of blood for 12 long years. She came up behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. Jesus turned around and said, daughter, be encouraged. You are healed. And she was healed at that very moment. Mark chapter 10. There was a blind man who was being hindered from calling Jesus. But the more they tried to stop him, the louder he called him. He would say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And y'all Jesus stopped in his tracks and called the blind man to him. Uh, the crowd now saying, take courage. Jesus is calling you. Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And immediately the man received his sight. John chapter 16, verse 33 said, Jesus said that this way to his disciples and to us in this world you will have trouble that is have many trials and sorrow but be of good cheer be encouraged i have overcome the world jesus is the source of our bravery doing deadly situation be not afraid jesus is with us isaiah 41 10 one of my favorite verses god is talking y'all notice the eyes in the verse he says fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god what will he do i will strengthen you yes I will help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand 
Jesus spoke loud enough to the disciples to hear through the storm, and y'all, they heard him. So much so that Peter pushes the envelope and says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. The wind was screaming in Peter's ear, and the boat was being tossed like a piece of debris, but yet Peter knew Jesus could control the wind and the ways he was probably he probably felt that he was better off being near Jesus in the water than being away from Jesus in the boat uh, the boat was being battered and beaten by the winds and the waves y'all but Jesus was walking on the water with no problem with the wind or the waves all the circumstances that we are unable to cope with we are, all, the, are already beneath the Lord's feet. Uh, the things that we are dealing with are beneath his feet. The Lord was going to put Peter, watch this, the situation that he was dealing with under his feet as well. Peter wanted to be the person, be under the person controlled by God, be with the person who controlled the element. Uh, there was no human solution, but there was a divine presence. Picture the scene. Peter lifts up his foot over the side of the boat, and as the waves soak his leg to the knees, uh, he was reminded that there was water out here, and man cannot walk on water. But Peter heard Jesus say, come. He was going to let the boat go and walk on water because he had faith, the vital source of power. He had faith. And y'all, with his eyes fixed on Jesus, the impossible happened. He was doing what Jesus was doing, walking on water. He was no longer ruled by the circumstances. He was triumphing over them. Faith was operating in his life. Peter testified, you can do the unimaginable when you look to Jesus. Jesus will get you through the pains and the problem, the disease and the difficulty. But Peter said, you must focus on Jesus. You will discover you can walk over what has been holding you, what's been hindering you, and what's been hampering you. Uh, you're not feeling me like I need you to, but let me do it this way. Uh in a thermometer, in a thermometer, uh, it reflects the ups and downs of the temperature outside of the house. Uh, that is all the thermometer can do: respond to the influence of the temperature. The inside the house, of my house, on the wall in the hallway, uh, we have a thermostat, uh, and it too functions in relation to the temperature. During the winter, when the temperature in the house falls to a certain point, the thermostat orders the heater to bring the temperature back down to a set number. During the summertime, when the temperature in the house rises up uh, certain, to a certain point, the thermostat orders the temperature to come back down. The thermometer only reacts to the temperature, but the thermostat controls the temperature. 
The thermostat rule, why? Because it is connected by an unseen wire to the source of power. Look, every believer is either a thermostat or a thermometer. Which one are you? Hmm. You can be like a thermometer going up and down with every change of circumstances, or you can be like a thermostat, influenced by the ups and downs of life, but instantly triumphing over them because fate leaks you to Jesus, the source of the power. So here Peter was a thermostat, doing what the Lord told him to do, step by step. He was walking in faith. His whole world was filled with the vision of Christ. He had his eyes fixed on Jesus. Peter trust in Christ at that moment so linked him with Christ that Christ's mastery of walking on the water was transmitted to him. Peter's faith was the switch that turned on the power in his life. This was the boldness of his trust. But y'all, something caused the breakdown of Peter's trust. Matthew 14:30 says, When Peter saw, that is, blepo in the Greek, a different word, is to see physically. Uh, the word is different from what we had before in Mark 6:48, when Jesus saw. But Peter saw, and he turned his eyes off the Lord and fastened them on the strong wind. He took his eyes off the master and focused on the situation. Hmm. When he ceased listening to and looking at the master, danger overcame him. Fate dies when fear rises. The vital link to the source of power was disconnected and Peter began to sink. Isn't that like us? We start off well with Christ, but when trouble comes, we focus on the problem rather than the problem solver. Uh, but check out what Peter does. Uh, he saw the strong wind. He became afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Wait a minute. Peter is a fisherman. Surely he knows how to swim, but he did not try and swim back to the boat. He does not look to the boat. He did not trust himself to get out of this situation on his own. He looked to Jesus, regained his trust in Jesus and said, Lord, save me. Lord, curious in the Greek, uh, means the owner, the one who controls. Take a lesson from Peter. Do not try and handle situations on your own. Cry out to the owner, the boss, the baller, shot caller, and the one who has control. Could it be that God has allowed certain circumstances to come into your life so that you can look to him, regain your trust in him? Observe the three-word prayer of Peter. He simply cries out, Lord, save me. The prayer reveals three vital things. One, his predicament. He was sinking and every moment counted if he were to be saved from drowning. Two, his perception. Christ was near and was able to save. 
the ability of the master was well capable of handling the demands of the moment. He could meet Peter's need. Y'all, God could meet our needs. And then his prayer. There was no time for unnecessary finesse of phraseology to elaborate on any detail. One thing matter. I just want to be saved. And so he simply said, Lord, save me. And somebody may be needing to say that right now. You don't have to call out all these other words. You just have to say, Lord, save me. And can I tell you what he'll do? Verse 31 said that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. The last reason you ought to count on God is because God saves us. He knows when to come to our rescue. For the disciples, he waited for hours. For Peter, it was immediately. The surging wind gave up their victim as Peter instinctively wiped the water from his eyes. He realized that once again, he was standing on the sea. The boat was some distance away. Fear had now disappeared. A new calm had settled upon his mind, for he was conscious that Christ still held his hand. With Jesus, Peter was walking over what could have killed him. He would do the same thing for you and I. The storms of life are not easy, but they are necessary. They teach us to count on God alone and to obey his word no matter what the circumstances may be. You can count on God because he will see you through. If Jesus says come, then that word is going to accomplish what it intended purpose is. Since Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, Whatever he starts, he completes. We may fall along the way, but in the end, with Jesus, we will win. Jesus and Peter walking on the water together to the boat. The same can be true of you. And even if we fall, cry out to him, the Lord, and say, save me. And he will help you. Yes, he will. He will help you conquer your calamities. Yes, he will drive you through your difficulties and diseases. He will guide you through your gloom. If you just say, Lord, help me, he will move you through your mistakes and misery. Help me and he will help you overpower your opposition and propel you over your problems and your pain. He will even provide for you in poverty and relieve you of repression. He will help you succeed over your situation and he will help you triumph over your trouble. But you got to say, Lord, help me. Let me remix the opening. He says, as Bruno Mars said this, but I'm saying it now that if you're in the middle of the sea, God says, I'll walk to you if I need to. If you find yourself lost in the darkness and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. You can count on me like one, two, three. God says, I'll be there because God sees us. God will show up for us. God will speak to us and God will save us. Let's pray. Gracious God, how we thank you for who you are. Thank you for letting us know 
that we can count on you. That you see us where we are. And that we don't have to be afraid because you will show up. And when you show up, you will speak to us to say, it is I. And if by chance we fall, the good news is that you will save us. We pray that these truths would be planted deep down in our hearts. Help us be better on tomorrow for being under the authority of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.